And now, Matt Wright. Hey, everybody. This is Chris Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. I am Matt Wright, and together you and I are going to be traversing the muddied waters of freedom. It's so... As we all know, it's a completely new dynamic in my life. Everything's new, everything's different, everything's strange. Um, uh, but so now I have the joy, true, honest, absolute joy that I have my puppy Fenway with me pretty much at all times now. And it's great and it's wonderful and uh, I couldn't be happier to have him. The thing he hates most in this world is when I am sitting here in this chair because that means he can't be on top of me. It means that he can't be near me. He can't be like trying to somehow get closer to me than is caninely possible. Uh, he, he, he hates it when I'm in this chair. So uh, throughout the, these episodes, um, you will quite possibly hear him uh, trying to, uh, trying to uh, get me to get out of this chair because that means that we get to go out and do something together as opposed to him lying in bed waiting for me to be done. Um, thank you all so much for being here. I'm, I'm glad to be, I'm glad to be back. It was, um, I, so here, here's the thing. So now, because like I don't have anything holding me back in so many different ways, um, like I, I now have to question my own reasoning on how honest I want to be with everybody when it comes to uh, like how I'm doing. Um, but uh, this weekend got dark. This weekend was really dark. And, uh, you know, I had to question a lot of things. Um, I think so far I've made all of the right, all of the right, uh, I, I've made all the right answers to all of the questions. But, you know, there there are days where there have been days where it is difficult and honestly like there's you know you, you're you're struggling to find reason and uh you know trying to find it in the news isn't the place to do it but unfortunately that's the only thing that we have going for us right now um so let's get into it ladies and gentlemen uh this is the Mudwater Mushroom Coffee Replacement Cacao Rapid Fire uh, Rapid Fire segment brought to you by the one, the only, the one, the only Mudwater. I actually, I accidentally took that out um, because I know what I'm doing. Um, the one, the only Mudwater. Mudwater is a coffee replacement beverage uh, that has one seventh the amount of caffeine as coffee and tastes one seventh as good. But you won't get that two o'clock come down. You won't get that crash where you're needing that second, uh, that second, third, fourth, fifth cup of coffee at two o'clock in the afternoon. So if you want to make the switch today, head on over to muddiedwatersoffreedom.com/mud and try out mud water. Um, try it with honey. Trust me. Just try it with honey. Don't even attempt it any other way. Um, Tom. Good to see you. Glad, glad to see that you are here. Um, so let's get into the news. Uh, Elon Musk is still very much so Elon Musk. Um, and he has offered the Wiki, Wikimedia Foundation. Um, he has offered the Wikimedia Foundation, the nonprofit that runs Wikipedia, $1 billion to change their name to Dickipedia 
for one year. Um, now, this is one of the most Elon Musk things that I have ever heard of. Everything about this screams Elon Musk. Uh, Wikipedia, who for some reason believes that they are legitimate, um, is balking at the offer. And it makes sense when you think about it because one of their great fears is that if they change their name to Dickopedia, the entire site might just become articles about Harry Sasson. Um, if you don't know who Harry Sasson is, good for you. Um, also, look him up. He is abysmal. Uh, he is one of the worst people on Twitter. Um, speaking of terrible things that people do, uh, Douglas Mackey, if we don't remember who Douglas Mackey is, Douglas Mackey was the man who was convicted of conspiracy against rights uh, for posting memes like this one. Uh, like this one. Uh, the, uh, with If you're listening on audio, these were posted during the 2016 election. They had a picture that said President Hillary on it. It said, avoid the line, vote from home, text Hillary to 59925. Uh, vote for Hillary and be part of history. Now, after a multiple, multiple uh, month investigation into whether or not Douglas Mackey did this, um, which he absolutely did, um, they ruled that Douglas Mackey conspired to injure, oppress, threaten, and intimidate one or more persons in the free exercise and enjoyment of a right and privilege secured to them by the Constitution and laws of the United States, to wit, the right to vote. Now, seeing this insanely well-made campaign brochure that went out on Twitter, um... <laughs> 4,900 people texted that number. Uh, 4,900 people texted that number to, yes, I can turn my mic up a bit. Let me know how that is. Um, 4,900 people texted that number according to the Department of Justice. So in short, Douglas Mackey gets convicted to seven months in prison for making that that can't that fake campaign brochure um he gets convicted to seven months in prison for making this fake campaign brochure and others like it 4900 4900 people dialed that number according to the department of justice most of them in the state of new york so he's spending seven months in prison for making absolutely no real difference in the election of 2016. None whatsoever. Now, a lot of people are going to sit there and they're going to say, yeah, but he shouldn't do this. He, should, he, shouldn't, be, uh, he, he shouldn't be trying to convince people not to vote. He shouldn't be spreading, uh, he shouldn't be spreading uh, misinformation where it comes to voting. That is wrong. That is incorrect. But here... <clears throat> 
we have a comedian. I guess I don't know who this person is actually, but uh, I didn't know who Douglas Mackey was before any of this either. But this this woman calls herself a comedian. She posted this also in 2016, uh, and so let's take a look. Hey everybody, this is Christina Wong, and uh, I'm coming out. I'm a Trump supporter. And I just want to remind all my fellow Chinese Americans for Trump, people of color for Trump, to vote. Vote for Trump on Wednesday, November 9th. Really important day. We're going to show this country who's boss. And that's our man, Donald Trump. So don't forget to vote Donald Trump on November 9th. So technically, this Christina Wong did the exact same thing that Douglas Mackey did targeted a specific group of individuals, tried to get them where they would not be able to exercise their right to vote. Douglas Mackey, seven years, or seven months, not seven years. He didn't go into the Capitol on January 6th. Um, seven months in prison. Christina Wong, probably before today, many of us never heard her name. Even though apparently she's a famous comedian. Uh, but um, never heard her name. I, if this, I don't know who can, who, if you're watching the show live, you might notice there's a fly like that's coming around and I'm fearing my Mike Pence moment. Um, I'm, I'm trying to like keep my eye on the monitor to make sure that I, I don't have a Mike Pence moment. Um, Mike Pence. Nope, not Mike Pence, Michigan state saw the fly and Mike Pence is on my brain. Uh, Michigan State University had to apologize uh, after an image of Hitler appeared on the Jumbotron at the Michigan State uh, game at Spartan Stadium over the weekend for roughly 18 seconds. Now, it was part of a quiz, and the quiz question was, where was Hitler born? Um, Michigan State did immediately back up and say, hey, we're sorry, we shouldn't, we should not have done this. Um, we're going to forget about the fact that we did not ask the people who created this trivia game and put it on YouTube if we could use it, but we should not have used this. And uh, we are very sorry that the third party people that we were stealing this from put this picture of Adolf Hitler, uh, Ad Adolf Hitler in this quiz um, that you now got to look at. Now, one of the things that I find rather stunning is that they were really quick to apologize for uh, the picture of Hitler, yet though they have yet to apologize for the statue of Belgium's King Leopold II at the entryway to Spartan Stadium. Uh, I don't know why they would have that there. I don't know why they would have that there and still think it's a, like, and, but not apologize for, not apologize for that, but they apologize for the Hitler thing. Um, I, I, that's not there. Um, so uh, Liz Cheney announced this week that she was not completely ruling out the possibility of running for the presidency. It's not uh, completely ruled out the possibility of running for the presidency. And this terrifies Chris Christie, who is afraid that he could possibly lose 50% of his votes. Um, as you can see, he is very upset. You can, as you can hear, he's very upset with me right now. 
and he, he, I took him on a two mile walk so we wouldn't do this. Um, so, uh, if uh, you're listening on audio, this is probably where the commercial is going to be since we're watching it live. You're going to get to see. Yep. Here's my dog. So, hey. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So on Friday, the Supreme Court stayed a preliminary injunction aimed at preventing federal officials from <clears throat> unconstitutionally er interfering with content moderation decisions by social media platforms. Um, obviously, we all know that this goes back to like the Twitter files and what was going on during COVID when people were posting things, when people were posting things online and uh, Twitter and Facebook and uh, YouTube was taking them down at the instruction of the federal government. And this was Trump's federal government. This was Biden's federal government. Across the board, we know that this was happening and that people were getting banned, stories were getting silenced, and it was because the government was saying, we need to do this. So earlier, the Fifth Circuit, uh, the Fifth Circuit put an injunction on the federal government, uh, on the federal government from being able to speak to social media companies which was a good thing. Um, the case began with a lawsuit uh, by the attorneys general of Missouri and Louisiana uh, and joined by a, pretty much any social media user that could join in this, uh, in this lawsuit uh, whose posts had been downgraded or deleted as misinformation. And as somebody who uh, had posts downgraded or deleted as misinformation during the COVID era, um, I wish I had known about this lawsuit at the time. Um, they argued, the, the, the plaintiffs argued that such a decision resulted from relentless, pre uh, that such decisions resulted from relentless pressure by federal officials who were determined to suppress online speech they viewed as dangerous to public health, democracy, or national security. Um, and this was the big lie that they had been telling us. We, you know, we need to do this for the good of the nation. We can't have anybody out there talking about uh, you know, other alternative ideas of what might be going on with COVID. We can't talk about the lab leak. We can't talk about um, working on prevention. We can only talk about the vaccine. We can't talk about how the vaccine was made. We can't talk. We can't talk about anything like that. We can only talk about the vaccine. We can only say that the, that this was not man-made. We can only refer to it in the in the uh, allowable opinion of those in charge. Um, but so a ton of things were making it where. Uh, so a ton, a ton of people got together and said, this isn't right. Um, it says that the government was threatening 
social media corporations and that they cross the line permissible between permissible government speech and censorship by proxy which we covered on this show the moment that they said we are you know we told them to do this uh, Jen Psaki, when Jen Psaki was standing up there saying, no, we got with Facebook and we told them to take these things down. She was essentially saying this, this was censorship by proxy. It wasn't really, it wasn't really a recommendation or a suggestion. It was, you're going to do this or else. Um, now, SCOTUS agreed since they decided to stay this uh, injunction, they agreed to decide on Murphy versus Missouri during the current term, which means that during this Supreme Court term, they are going to decide a lot of stuff on how much the government has permission in order to uh, designate what social media companies can and cannot take off of their site. Um, so, since the stay is in effect until the justices resolve the case, the Biden administration, the federal branches are free to talk to any. Um, we can turn in. I've got a crank right now, but if a call comes in or I get in, it will probably. Um, so. Is it really that low? Because, man, I tested earlier and it was so loud. Um, where was I? Um, so right now they can sit there and talk to any of the social media companies about anything that they want to talk to the social media companies about. Um, which I find, you know, the timing for this st stay of the injunction to be, you know, a little strange with the election coming up in just about a year. Um, but you know, that's, you know, we've got Israel, we've got Israel out there um, in a war with Hamas. You've got the Ukrainian war happening. Uh, they were talking not long ago about having to mask up again. And uh, now we are at a point where, yes, the government can, in fact, talk to social media companies again. Um, so under the Fifth Circuit's injunction, injunction the White House... Surgeon General Vivek Murthy's office, the FBI, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention were forbidden to coerce or significantly encourage social media companies to remove data, uh, remove, delete, suppress, or reduce, including uh, through altering their algorithms, posted social media content containing protected free speech. And later, this was expanded to cover cybersecurity and the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agency. Um, the Biden administration asked the Supreme Court to intervene, saying the injunction placed unprecedented limits on the ability of the president's closest aides to use the bully pulpit to address matters of public concern on the FBI's ability to address threats to the nation's security and on the CDC's ability to relay public health information at platforms requests. They're saying the quiet part out loud. They want to be able to use the bully pulpit to actually bully, to actually bully social media companies into allowing, into only posting or allowing posts of the allowable opinions. The U.S. Solicitor General 
who I didn't know who this was until I was doing research for this. Uh, Elizabeth Prelegar uh, rejected the plaintiff's characterization of interactions between federal officials and social media companies regarding COVID-19 misinformation, saying that the ensuing decisions to delete posts, banish specific users, or modify content rules resulted from a collaborative process. So she is saying that the government in no way forced the hand of the social media companies. She says that this absolutely uh, was something that Google, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Google, Twitter, Facebook all spoke about together with the government and they came up with these rules with absolutely no fear. Um, she wrote, rather than any pattern of coercive threats backed by sanctions, the record reflects a back and forth in which the government and platforms often shared goals and worked together, sometimes disagreed and occasionally became frustrated with one another as all parties articulated and pursued their own goals and interests during an unprecedented pandemic. Um, so that back and forth that she is referring to It includes requests that were tantamount to demands from the federal government. Um, Deputy Assistant to the President Rob Flaherty said in an email to Facebook, are you guys fucking serious? I want an answer on what happened here and I want it today because at the time Facebook was not trying to solve the problem as he wrote. Uh, White House COVID-19 advisor Andrew Slavitt told Facebook the White House was considering our options on what to do about it. Another occasion, uh, Flaherty told Twitter to delete a parody account tied to one of Biden's grandchildren immediately, saying he could not stress enough the degree to which this needs to be resolved immediately. But according to uh, Elizabeth Pregnant, Pre Prelegar, I don't know how to say her name. I should have looked that up, but I didn't. Prelegar, um, this did not equate to censorship. Uh, she wrote, it is axiomatic that the government is entitled to provide the public with the information and to advocate and defend its own policies. A central dimension of presidential power is the use of the office's bully pulpit to seek to persuade Americans and American companies to act in ways that the president believes would advance the public interest. The government cannot punish people for expressing different views or threaten to punish the media or other intermediaries for disseminating disfavored speech. There is a fundamental distinction be between per, uh, persuasion and coercion. And yeah, like, there is like when you have to pay protection money from the mob so your business doesn't get burnt down there's a difference between persuasion and coercion and what the government is doing here is they were acting as the mob saying we will burn your business to the ground if you do not do the things that we are telling you to do um so the way that the Biden administration sees it, and I'm not going to say that the Trump administration didn't see it this way because they also made calls to have things deleted off of Facebook and Twitter. 
Um, coercion requires an explicit, an explicit threat tied to a specific request, followed by imposition of that consequence when a platform rejects the request. Now, since they didn't make any specific threat to the platform, since they didn't uh, say specifically, if you don't do this Twitter, if you don't do this Facebook, we are going to come after you and uh, fine you for X, Y, and Z, and we're gonna make up these new regulations that's going to make it more expensive for you to run your business. They didn't come out and say that there is no threat is the way that they are looking at it. Now, the plaintiffs and anybody out there who was aware of the things going on at the time, um, the plaintiffs, they were looking at this from a broader view of coercion, arguing that it can be inferred when public and private castigation is coupled with repeated reference to presidential displeasure and the potential consequences of failing to meet the responsibility that administration officials insisted the social media platforms had to control misinformation. Federal officials publicly said holding social media companies accountable could entail legal and regulatory measures, new privacy regulations, a robust antitrust program, a reduced legal uh, and reduced legal protection against civil claims based on user posted content. Now, being that the Supreme Court is pretty firmly conservative right now. Um, Justice Samuel Alito, joined by Clarence Thomas and Neil Gorsuch, they objected to uh, the ruling that the that they needed to stay the injunction, injunction, saying that the government failed to show that it would suffer irreparable harm if the Fifth Circuit's injunction remained in place while the case was pending. Uh, Alito wrote, government censorship of private speech is antithetical to our democratic forms of government, and therefore today's decision is highly disturbing. Despite government con uh, government's conspicuous failure to establish a threat of irreparable harm, the majority stays the injunction and thus allows the defendants to persist in committing the type of First Amendment violations that, that the lower courts identified, which is absolutely correct. Right now, every single federal branch, uh, every single federal agency can go back to trying to coerce Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter, X, whatever, uh, Rumble, uh, into taking content off of the site that the government doesn't want you to see. They will then be able to control the narrative so much better than when they aren't allowed to speak to the social media companies. Um, Alito went on to say, it does not appear that any of the government's hypothetical communications would actually be prohibited by the injunction, but yet they asked for the injunction, even though the hypothetical things that they were talking about weren't included in the injunction, um, nor is any such example provided by the court's unreasoned order. The government claims that the injunction might prevent the president and the senior officials who serve as his proxies from speaking to the public on matter of public concern, but the president himself is not subject to the injunction. And in any event, the injunction does not prevent any government official 
from speaking on any matter or from urging any entity or person to act in accordance with the government's view of responsible conduct. Alito did note that the injunction applies when the government crosses the line and begins to coerce or control others' exercise of their free speech rights. So the way that the injunction is written is that, yeah, the government still can speak to them, but the moment that it crosses, the government can't, like they, they cannot say, you need to take this down. We want you to take this down. Any kind of asking for that. If they're getting clarification or anything along those lines, totally fine. But if they are asking for any content to be removed, that was in the injunction. That was what the Biden administration wanted removed. So the Supreme Court is going to have to decide. The Supreme Court is going to have to decide when does persuasion become coercion and they are going to have to make a ruling on that this session um alito asked does the government think that the first amendment allows executive branch officials to engage in such a conduct does it have plans for this to occur between now and the time when this case is decided which is a great question because between now and when this case is decided in what we can say june you're going to have all of the primaries your primaries are going to be done. Um, anything, any, anything about uh, Israel, anything about Ukraine, uh, the Republican primaries, the Democrat primaries, anything about Biden's health. Like, there is so much that's going to be coming out between now and the end of primary season. And the federal government just asked to be able to coerce social media companies into taking content down that they disagree with. I'm not saying that, you know, that was the plan, but I'm not saying that wasn't the plan. Um, keep an eye out on it. If you guys start to notice on X, on, on X, on Facebook, on YouTube, I don't know if there's really going to be that big of an issue here on Rumble. Um, but you may you may notice it on you may notice it on others but you may notice it on other sites but you know let me know if uh let me know if you begin to see things being taken down if you begin to see accounts going away uh so many of my friends so many of my colleagues and people that i've known for years at this point lost accounts during 2020 I lost it. I lost an account during 2020, but 2020, 2021, all during COVID, during the during the during the election mishaps and all that, accounts were going away at the request of the government. Posts were going away at the request of the government. We muddied waters was uh, we were shadow banned hard on Facebook so much so that I don't won't even stream there anymore. Um, I barely post there anymore. I barely post anywhere anymore anymore. But it was an insane time that we were all trying to get through. And now the government just asked for permission to return to that time period. One has to ask themselves why. And no matter which way you look at it, I think there is only one answer. And that is they want to be able to control 
the information that you are receiving or that you are putting out. Anything else does not make sense. Well, that is the show, ladies and gentlemen. Um, thank you all so much. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, I do truly appreciate it. Uh, I know that I promised you all an interview with the Pew Pew Jew last week, but uh, as I said at the beginning of the show, it was a very dark weekend, um, and I was going through a lot. And I, not gonna lie, I uh, wasn't sure. I would. I didn't have the mental wherewithal to be able to do an interview that you guys deserved um, because, well, you know, sometimes you question whether or not you want to be breathing. Um, but, you know, I answered that I do want to be breathing. So instead, I'm here today and I'm going to be interviewing Yehuda Reamer later this week and I'll be putting that out. Um, so keep an eye out for that. We're going to be talking all things Israel and Hamas. I will be back here live next Tuesday. Um, I'll be back here live next Tuesday for a brand new episode of Muddied Waters Freedom on Muddied Waters Media. Uh, tune in then. Have a great rest of your week. I can't wait to see you all next week. And remember where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs>